0: Get iXL now, and listeners can get an exclusive 20% off iXL membership when they sign up today at iXL.com audio. Visit iXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price.
1: Hey, folks, this is Kevin. Just a few words before we start. If you are new to the Whole Risk podcast, this is a show where people tell true stories they never thought they dare to share in public. We bring you true-life stories more raw, uncensored, emotional, hilarious, and surprising than you're likely to hear anywhere else. And although we have bitten off quite a lot to chew, I mean, we have an organization now that uh, is doing things as big as what This American Life or The Moth are doing. But unlike them, we have no money. We are a completely independent operation. And I'm serious when I say we have no money. We're out. We are running on empty. That's why so many of our wonderful friends who have told amazing stories on the show, people like Mark Marin, Michael Showalter, Margaret Cho, Janine Garofalo, the Sklar brothers, Lisa Lampanelli, Rachel Dratch, Kevin Nealon, and more, They're offering wonderful prizes that you can't possibly get anywhere else at our fundraising campaign at Indiegogo.com. The campaign is called Keep Risk Running. There's a ton of prizes you can get directly from me, like a Skype storytelling coaching session. I'll record your outgoing phone message. If you're a state fan, I'll mail you a taco. Whatever you do, if you appreciate this courageous podcast that people are working for for free as a labor of love, please help us just keep doing it, keep putting it out there by going to Indiegogo.com and looking up Keep Risk Running. The actual URL is Indiegogo.com slash keep dash risk dash running. We really need it and we really do appreciate it. Now here's the show. Extra risk, extra risk, extra risk,
0: extra risk, extra risk, extra risk. risk. risk.
1: Hello, kids, welcome to extra risk. The show where we give you just a little bit more of the show where people tell true stories they never thought they'd dare to share. I'm Kevin Allison. That was a collage by Jeff Barr up top. This is Land Behind Me Now. If you're new to the show, and I know a lot of you are because our numbers are going up, 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 extra risk is where we focus on usually just one story, whereas the regular episodes we have several. Stories from our live show and others done radio style. Today we present, Kevin Goes to Kink Camp Part Two. If you haven't heard part one, you should definitely check it out because part two won't really make sense without it. Now, Risk is always uncensored, but today's episode, particularly so. And as is often the case on the show, the people mentioned in the story, their names and other key details have been changed in order to protect their privacy. Don't forget to let us know what you think of the story at risk-show.com or on our feed at iTunes. And now the exciting conclusion. Kevin goes to kink camp, part two. Now, the first orgy of the first night uh, was going to be in, in the same group of cabins as ours was. You just <laughs> walked down our porch to the cabin at the end uh, that they called the Sexorama. Now, in the gay world, an orgy, it, it truly is one of life's great joys to me. I mean, I can actually say I have experienced ecstasy at some of these things. But even on the lamest night, I love how everyone arrives and puts all their clothes and wallets and iPhones in big black garbage bags. Like we're saying, you know what? For the next couple hours, that stuff is meaningless. And then guys just start clumping up and the testosterone in the air, you feel like you could chew through it. We were doing this back when we were animals, and it's still mesmerizing. But that's all, you know, man-to-man stuff I'm talking about. This, tonight, this was going to be the first night I'd be walking into a group with women. So it's me, Jefferson, April, Mary. We walk into this warmly lit room, and a hostess walks up and she says, "You know, all the events here at camp are safe sex events. It's great by me. I I have a rule that I never do anything with strangers. That the clinic, the STD clinic, lists as medium or high risk as far as HIV goes. So great. So there's twin mattresses." all over the floor, going this way and that. And I can see right away, this isn't the cruisy kind of setup I'm used to where you can just orbit around and get pulled into little constellations of horny bodies. This is like a man and a woman on one mattress, a man and a woman on another. So I'm just kind of standing there awkwardly. I'm horny as hell by this point. I wanna get with a dude. And to my right, there's a guy there with an amazing ass. A smaller guy, which is the way I like him. And it, everything about him is like round and amber, <laughs> but he's fucking this blonde woman. So I think, well, what, what do, I, do I tap him on the shoulder and say, ah, uh, can I lick your ass while you're doing that? What do I do in what feels like such a heterosexual environment? See. Jefferson, he said to me before we went to camp, he said, look, the guys are going to say they're they're straight or bi. But he said, look, Kevin, damn near any guy I've ever met will fool around with a guy if a woman is engaged in the activity also. Well, here's the thing. I just don't believe that. I mean, I have to look at myself. I'm not interested in women. So if I was in a threesome with a hot guy and a hot woman... I think I would feel like the woman was a little bit in the way. And so why wouldn't a straight guy feel that way about me tapping on his shoulder? But, you know, my mind works very quick when I'm horny. It's just racing. It's leaping for solutions. So I'm watching this bronze bubble ass bobbing up and down, and I thought, my best bet for getting any kind of gay sex... At this camp this weekend? I mean, something remotely approaching gay sex? Might just have to be getting fake fucked by that girl strap-on Joe! I'm I'm literally standing there at this orgy, figuring this out. But here's the thing. She's a teacher at the camp. She She's a workshop teacher there. And it's already been made clear to me she normally gets paid for that sort of thing. So... How was I gonna go about asking her? So yeah, you can see my brain does sometimes get hijacked by horniness. I, I will get on a one track until I arrive at orgasm, and that track can easily go to crazy town. So anyway, I come into this other room, and it's the same setup, man and woman on one mattress, man and woman on another, but there's one figure right in the center he's an older man and he's all in black and he's sitting on his own mattress in in, in the half lotus position and he's just calmly surveying what's going on in the room and he's asian this is one of the things about this fetish of mine i always prefer guys in their 20s or 30s this guy is in his mid 50s but if a guy is asian all considerations become almost moot. A guy I might otherwise think is too fat or too thin or too tall or too goofy. <laughs> if, if he's Asian, oftentimes I may not care. I mean, this guy actually may as well have been the next Dalai Lama from the way he looked. But he was beautiful to me. And I thought, I found my man. So I make my way up to him. And I lean down. And I speak into his ear. I said, may I join you? And he looked up and he shook his head. He said, no, I'm straight. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to call it a day. The next morning, everyone in the cabin woke up to the sound of of the clit cleanser. You see, at the bottom of the hill on which the camp was built, there was a swimming pool. And there was a man there who spent the whole weekend, I mean, like morning, noon, and night, doing just two things, two activities. One, uh, lighting people on fire and hurling them into the pool. wasn't an idea that appealed to me. And the other thing, he'd brought to camp this gigantic, like industrial plumbing machinery of some sort, and he'd tapped into the camp's water supply with this thing, and he'd strap women down to a table with ropes and with their legs spread, and he had what was kind of like a small fire hose that he would spray into their vaginas with tremendous water pressure. And the second he pulled that lever, same thing happened every single time, like primal (laughs) <laughs> like bloody murder, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre style, screaming. And it was the most popular thing in the camp. Damn near every woman, maybe, maybe every single one did the clip cleanser and they loved it. But it sounded like, like, you know, the Khmer Rouge was on the attack just down the hill. I went to a hilarious spanking class. I, I really discovered that I love doing it rather than having it done to me. And then I stopped in the dungeon where this very, very tall man, like a lumberjack of a guy, he seemed to be suspended from the ceiling. He's, he's like two blades of a ceiling fan, but he's hanging mostly, mostly by his balls. It was like a magic act. I I did not really grasp the physics, but he truly did not seem to be happy about his situation. He's saying, Oh God, oh God, no, no, get me down. (laughs) Get me down. And one of the guys, one of the riggers, says to me, Oh, he doesn't really want to get down. He's, you know, he's got a safe word. I thought, well, he's a good actor, then, because I I bought it. I I really believed he did not want to be hanging from the ceiling by his balls. So, of course, I, I didn't expect to be doing anything that far out this weekend, but I was standing there thinking, you know, is it true there's just a few gay guys here? Or could it be that out of 400, I'm the only one? I mean, it's that thing where you, like, pay for a vacation in order to have a certain kind of experience. And then you become obsessed about incidents just not kind of going the way you'd hoped. And I was just saying, Kev, don't get depressed. Don't get depressed. Because I didn't know if I could make it to orgasm now. where This is, like, the most rudimentary of goals. The most embarrassingly one-dimensional goal. But people were having orgasms everywhere I looked. And then I looked across the room. And that was when I saw Dan, so cute, as you can guess, he was Asian and not the Dalai Lama this time, but he was in his twenties, little nerdy, like he was a straight A student of kink. I mean, his eyes were all lit up, like he was just juiced and buzzing, like turned on by every sight around. And my legs just started toward him. Like I was practically running. There was no debating going on, and grinning real big. Like, man, we already know each other. I said, "Hey." He says, "Uh, "Hi." I said, "I'm Kevin." He said, "I'm Dan." I said, "Um, do you ever do it with dudes?" It's the third thing out of my mouth. Like being in this new context had made me just as socially retarded as a being from another planet. Well, he laughed. He said, nope. Hopelessly het. In my mind, I was thinking, straight people are calling it het now? But out loud, I said, god damn it. And He said, yep, a little awkward. And then we said a few more meaningless things, and I just went on my way. So, I'm looking for Jefferson and the girls in the cafeteria at lunch. And they have a new friend. Dan! And all three are kind of like, Oh, man, we found you with Asa, dude. And Dan says, Yeah, we met before. And everyone's like, Oh. But there was another new friend at the table. And her mouth was going a mile a minute, even as I was settling in with my tray. I think she was saying something like, Um... Projectile pussy. Lately, I'm into projectile pussy. You'll totally see what I mean later. But you know what? Like I was saying before, if it is the last thing I do, I will get fisted in church. This was uh, Beth. Turns out, a a good friend of Jefferson's. And at one point she was talking about, like, how the last time she saw him, just the sheer number of penises that were on her or in her. She said, oh, I'm giving myself a Beth Boner just thinking about it. Yeah, who knew? I'd be such a fan of Bukkake. And it turns out it's a pretty good exfoliant. She just went on and on like that to look at at Beth. I mean, you just think she was the girl next door. Like a friendly, perky, 1920s kind of bob haircut. Another very successful career woman, too. But she's been in orgies all around the world. And her brain just runs on sex. She said, God, what I would do to be the owner of a penis. But you know what? If I went out and got one sewn on, i just end up getting six more. What? It turns out that Beth knows my Asian friend Dan more than knows him. She says she'd promised she'd put a um, chastity belt on him after lunch with, uh, with spikes built into the interior of the crotch to stab at his balls. So <clears throat> off they went. So Jefferson and April and Mary and I are sitting there, and I said to them, look, I'm thinking of getting... Strap on fucked by a lady. Cause so far in this camp, nothing's shaking with the men. I mean, I, I came here to try new things. That would be new things. Jefferson said, Kevin, a hundred women here would love to. I said, really? I was thinking strap on Joe. April said, oh yeah, but she's teaching and hosting events all weekend. And Mary said, yeah, and doesn't she normally get paid for that? Jefferson said, look, look. You're better off just putting your wish up on the wish board. I'll take you there. Now, in the camp, there was this uh, bulletin board where people just wrote down on index cards things that they'd like to engage in over the weekend. Jefferson said, look, if someone sees your wish and they want to make it come true, uh, they'll try and find you at your cabin. I thought, what? (laughs) It's like throwing pennies in a fountain. That's a solution. But Jefferson said, look, 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 if you're super simple and specific about one thing you want done, it it could work. Just write down, I want to be strap on fucked by a lady, Kevin, Cabin B10. So I did. I said, seriously, have you ever heard of this working for anyone? He said, actually, no. No. I took a workshop that afternoon called All About Anal. Now, again, the teacher is a super, super hot lesbian. She's maybe Dominican, but she just seemed in every way possible like a dude and and went by the name Javier. And everyone, male or female or whatever orientation, was just gaga for this woman. And her assistant is this young, like, sandy-haired, hipster dude named Eddie and he just said I'm a straight guy and I love having things up my butt. So she gets all his clothes off. She props him up on a couch and has his legs up in the air. It's a, it's a very odd thing to see in a classroom setting. And so his anus is facing us. But it's just a thing of beauty. It's just soft. Uh, vulnerable, pink aperture. And she said, Jesus, that is one beautiful anus. And then she turned to the class and said, anus may be my very favorite word. It's a gorgeous name for an amazing part of us. And I thought this woman has my brain and then she seemed to lose her mind she seemed to forget she was teaching a class and she just shoved everything you could possibly imagine in there until this dude was just completely hyperventilated and just unraveled like a a rubber band ball that got struck by a bullet Then I noticed Strap on Joe was going to be the next teacher assigned to take over the room. I thought, all right, well, maybe here's a chance. I take this next class and I just hang out afterwards and I can gradually, casually indicate that you know, I'd love to have a play date with her if she has time or something along those lines. So, As people are assembling in the seats, I took out a schedule, and I saw that this class was called Polyamorous Relationships. Now, here's the second reason I signed up to go to kink camp. There was the adventure of it, yeah, but there was also this. It's now been a full year since my husband of nine years and I separated. And it was very nice having an open relationship all that time. But now I'm so used to that open relationship mindset that I feel like I have to search for another open relationship. I don't feel like I can date a guy who hopes and dreams of a lifetime of sexually exclusive monogamy. I don't look down on people who want that. I just don't think it's desirable or realistic or good for me. Uh, In my personal experience, to, to commit to sexual exclusivity with just one person, like that's the crucial pillar needed to hold up a fulfilling relationship, that would just be going against my nature and my feeling about What's reality? But to tell someone on a first date or a second date that you prefer open relationships, that scares the crap out of people. And it's because it's drilled into our heads 10,000 times a day from the day we're born that the most perfect, ideal thing to do in life would be to marry your high school sweetheart at 21 and go to the grave, never touching another soul. And you know who drills it into our heads the most? It's not our parents. It's not our teachers. It's not our clerics. It's artists. It's Beyonce and um, Johnny Depp and Nicholas Sparks. They tell us day in and day out in our movies, our songs, our books. If you aren't living happily ever after with a prince or princess... In this life, you're a loser. And I just say, bullshit. So, as this new generation of gays has become so obsessed with marriage, I finally felt I had to reach out to another community, the kink community, that embraces the mindset once forged by gay men. <laughs> making it all the more depressing to be as far as i could tell the only one there so jo starts this class and when she had when i'd met her in the experiment event i mean she had been so exuberant you know so cute you know with her short blonde hair and her big rubbery smile she's like a little boy with a new puppy or something but talking on this subject she seemed completely flustered starting this class she seemed kind of upset actually she said listen i i just want to say first that i mean maybe this isn't e- even exactly what this class is supposed to be about but i just want to i just want to say it the thing is no matter what kind of relationship you have if it's open or monogamous or vanilla or kinky, all of us, all of us seem to lose sight about how great it can be just to be there for your partner, just to take pleasure in pleasing your partner. We get to a point where we forget to be creative, to take enjoyment from making them smile. If you're in a relationship, you should think, what have you done lately? To, to go out of your way for them. Like, when you get back from this trip, you could be giving them a bath, or you could be playing with them under the table at a restaurant, or you could be organizing a threesome or foursome specially catered to your partner's pleasure, not your own. And there was this weird silence in the room and i went into myself because i knew that this would was was the reason i had i'd come here because i had had a happy open relationship and i truly failed i drifted away from creating adventures for us and surprising him with new, you know, nice things and seeing how I could help him out day to day, seeing how I could make our home a happy place for him to come to and staying invested in his story. I just, I just let it slip away. And then this man spoke up. He, he looked like, um, an elderly Charles Dickens. I mean, I think this guy was about 70, maybe 65. He, his eyes, were just despondent and he said um he said that's what i want to know about i i don't do these things i i don't give a crap about kinky stuff i i know you all enjoy that and and that's that's fine by me i came here because my wife wanted to come And I let her play around with other people and I don't care about that. What I care about is what happened to your love for me. And when he said that, when he said your love, he said it to a woman sitting on the opposite side of the room and we all looked over. She's this little carefree looking woman. I mean, she's also like 70, I mean, 65 at the youngest. She looked like, um, Ruth Gordon in Harold and Maude. And she was just looking back at him with this blank smile. Like, uh, she just didn't know what to say. And he said it one more time. He said... I let you play with other people, but now you're never there for me. didn't ask Joe for a play date after that. Everyone just kind of wandered away from the class in a daze. I was spent, so I decided to take a nap. Now, I have this app on my iPhone called Sleepstream, and it plays white noise into your earbuds. And when you have it on, you really, truly cannot hear anything happening in the world around you. So I slept for like two solid hours. And when I came to, I pulled the earbuds out and immediately realized there was a party going on at our cabin. All the friends we'd made were there, hanging out on our porch, and this is like five feet from where I'd been sleeping. Uh, They're all sharing beers and smoking weed and laughing up a storm, and I'd been completely oblivious of this. And I walk out on the porch, there's everyone, including Dan, the Asian dude I was crushing over, And Beth, the, you know, Looney Tune who wishes she had seven penises. But here's the thing. While everyone's talking about something else, Dan has his hand up Beth's vagina. All around is a scene you've seen a million times. People hanging out, joking around. But in the middle of this cluster, someone is being fisted and no one (laughs) is acting like it's unusual. The whole essence of kink camp in one fell swoop, but because Dan was an adorable geeky Asian dude having the balls to fist a girl on our porch in broad daylight, I had an instant hard on. Then he pulls out, and I see he's wearing a, a like a shiny purple rubber or latex glove, and of course it's all wet with. Um, well, with Beth, and he says to the group, and now, dessert! And he stuffs the glove in his mouth and licks it clean. I almost fainted. Then we all went to dinner, and I remember Beth was saying to Jefferson, you know, I've had far too much conversation from you, and not nearly enough cock. Why don't you come to the cigar and chocolate party tonight? Well, I was surprised about that. I mean, to me, the the cigar and chocolate party sounded like the the least interesting event of the of the weekend. It it was one of the only events that didn't end in the word orgy, but Beth seemed to consistently be where the action was. So we decided to go. Mm-hmm. Now, this event was in a giant open-air gazebo sort of place. And at the far end of the room were five giant throne-like structures, like fantastic chairs raised up on platforms. And at the base of each, there's a man or a woman dressed like a man, but they're all in black leather, but nude in the crotch and ass region and groveling, really groveling. And at the center throne is Beth. And she's having her boots spit shined by one of these groveling men. And she sees us and she shouts out, hello! She said, guys, I am tits deep in awesome now. Look at him slaving away. She was flushed in the face. She's getting such a rush out of this, you know, calling this groveling man, good boy. Yes, rub it, rub it harder. And I finally got something. I finally felt like the resonance of what was happening between two people in one of these incidents. This improvisation, this make-believe was exciting for her in a mostly titillating way, the way that comedy improv is exciting for comedy improvisers in a mostly clever way. Beth was just gushing and reveling to see someone so humbled before us. She was kinky queen for a day. And he felt it, the man on the ground. And, and when she couldn't help anymore but just laugh and laugh at how amazing she was feeling, he stuck his tongue out and started licking her boot, frenching it, suckling it, slathering it with his saliva. Even the soles that had walked to that gazebo through the mud, he was virtually devouring her entire boot, and, and this was a shift. This was another gear. Beth's eyes just rolled up into her head, and she went, oh, like, like she was lost to us now. And by now, the whole room is watching and cheering, and she's breathing like she's coming up from underwater. And she starts yelling, yes, 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 and she rips off her her skirt, and she plunges her right hand into her vagina, and she's yanking away, and she looks like she's been shot in the gut she's laughing and crying at the same time and she can't even make a sound until she just goes and she just collapses from the throne she could barely walk away she was so destroyed so blissfully destroyed by a man who hadn't even touched her flesh All he'd been doing was licking her boots. So she staggers off. And Jefferson and I were just standing there with our jaws dropped, holding our cigars. And this young lady approaches with a a silver tray of chocolates. A beautiful girl, redhead, buxom, just like a sweet-natured Midwestern kind of girl, like um, one of the girls in Meet Me in St. Louis or something like that. But after we'd taken a chocolate, she turned to me and she said, Oh, by the way, sir, I'm also a human ashtray. And so if you'd like to ash your cigar on me, you're perfectly welcome to. And I said, Oh, no, thank you. But Jefferson said, I'll do it. And she said, Oh, how nice. And she set her tray down. Now, Jefferson had a ridiculously long ash on a ridiculously fat cigar. This ash was m- maybe two inches. She said, well, sir, I'd be specially grateful if you ashed on my head or on my breasts or in my mouth. And now Jefferson's turning red in the face. He says, oh, your mouth. She arranges her skirt just so. She gets down on both knees right in front of us. She lifts her face up to him with her eyes closed and opens her mouth. And Jefferson very precisely just inserts the cigar in her mouth and tap, tap, like to get every bit of it in there. And looking totally blissful, she closes her mouth and swallows And she got back up off her knees and said, Thank you, sir, and walked off. And now it was Jefferson making the same noise that Beth had made before. He looked at me and he went, Oh, that made me so hard. That was one of the best things that's ever happened to me. So within 10 minutes, between Beth and her boots... And Jefferson and his cigar, I was really taken aback in a new way for the first time this weekend. I mean, physical things I'd seen didn't quite compare to this trip, you know, this dominance and submission game playing. I was walking away from the cigar party and I started remembering how in my comedy improv classes, we used to be taught that there should always be a high status character, and a low status character and i remember how i always got an extra charge out of playing the high status guy i remember thinking back then that's probably because in real life i'm usually too nice you know too agreeable too much the doormat might it be that there'd be some something cathartic in this kind of kink play for me maybe I'd end up a more assertive man in the world if every now and then someone was licking my boots. I decided to cruise around the camp, seeing as how it was the last night, but now it was just for fun. You know, just for, for, for sightseeing. I really had just finally let go on the whole having an orgasm thing. At this point, I felt like, you know, look, the experience has been plenty loaded. You know, just because I didn't get this one thing I'd been aiming for certainly doesn't mean it hasn't been an experience. And while I'm thinking this, I notice there's a man walking next to me on the main pathway who had done a woman up entirely in plaster Casting like when you break a leg, full body cast, except for her exposed private parts. She's frozen into this angular position and her hands are glued to wheels and he's turned this woman into a human wheelbarrow and he's holding her feet and wheeling her through the campsite while her face is merely scraping the ground. It was like this guy was making my point for me. Take note of the experience you're actually having. And I duck into one of the orgy rooms to see if anything interesting's going on. And there's that bright blonde hair, super short, like a boy on Peter Pan's Island, with strap on Joe. She was actually just there chatting with someone. And I said, hey. And she said, hey. Oh, hey, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. You're Kevin, right? are you the same Kevin that put a wish on the wishboard saying you'd like to be fucked by a woman with a strap on? And I said, yeah, yeah, I'm that Kevin. And she said, dude, I totally do you. I just started laughing. I said, Fuck. I've wanted to ask you that all weekend. She said, What? Why the hell didn't you? That's my freaking name. I said, Yeah, I know. I just, I, I didn't know how to ask. She said, Are you nuts? I'd love nothing more. You're a total stud muffin. Which is certainly a word I never imagined I'd ever hear anyone use in referring to me. I said, well, now? She said, oh, no, no. She said, meet me back here in an hour. I gotta go get my cock. I was beside myself. I, the wish that I'd put on that wishboard had come true. And how uncanny that in the 11th hour... It just fell right into place like that. I texted a guy I've kind of been seeing a little back home. And I said, I'm about to be fucked by a lady with a strap on. And he said, oh, sweetheart, just be safe. And I said, well, of course I'll be safe. It's just a dildo. And he said, well, I guess I mean, don't break any bones. So I go back to the cabin to freshen up, and there's Bobby. Remember the regular old guy who always had a beer or wine or whiskey for you? But now he's in fishnet stockings, super high red heels, and shiny silver chastity belt. And he's preparing a cow milking machine, like an actual farmer's cow milking machine the dudes are supposed to stick their cocks in. <laughs> and he says, hey, Kevin, you want to get milk dry? And I said, oh, Bobby, I'd love to. I wish you would ask sooner, you know, because I got to go get fucked by Strap-On Joe. <laughs> now, I was still a little nervous about Will I have an orgasm? I mean, one of the reasons I thought to be fucked, rather than to do the fucking, was because if I was a top, I might not be able to maintain an erection with a lady and perform, but as the bottom, all I'd have to do was come. But even that was not guaranteed. Anyway, I get back to the orgy room, and there's Joe, and she says, I got it, and it's a hot pink dildo attached to a black jockstrap so she starts looking around for an like an alcove for us to to go to and she says you know i would really love to get you hanging in a sling and i thought oh, sure something hanging from the ceiling that i can get my ass up in let's let's do it let's go all out <laughs> enter one of these orgy rooms that does have a sling in this dark little alcove way in the back that I'd never noticed before. And as we're passing through this main room, I notice that Jefferson and Mary are nude and wrapped around each other on one of the mattresses. And I think, well, I'll have witnesses because I'm feeling like I'm about to be making some noise back there. So we get back into this tiny little room and I instantly love the place because it's dark and dingy and smelly and industrial feeling. It feels masculine, like the back room of a hardcore gay bar. And I knew, she knew that. That's why she brought me there. So... I I strip completely nude. I just toss my clothes in a pile on the dusty floor there and I jump up into this sling and she she kind of wrangles on this jock strap like she's you know putting on a pair of trousers or something. I mean the thing looks pretty ridiculous. It looks like you're putting on a piece of a clown costume. So we're we're laughing and she snaps her bra off and she goes "Boo!" boobies and she did indeed have big ones i decided i was gonna have to ignore that part. i I was gonna have to use a little imagination i knew i mean but I'd, i'd seen people using their brains as sex organs a lot that day but i was turned on that joe was not interested in foreplay we were here to get straight to the main event that felt very male so she stuck it up the old wazoo and the gears shifted we started kind of slow because we had to kind of match the rhythm of three things two bodies and this this rubber extension that at first had a little bit of a mind of its own but before long something clicked and we moved into just this hot heavy pounding and, you know, my Mr. Hyde just started coming up. I I was loud, and every now and then I'd catch a glimpse of her eyes just looking totally psyched to hear this coming out of me. And she was working hard, she was she was getting a workout, she was doing her goddamnedest to make it feel like testosterone plus testosterone, and I was playing along, I was finally in a scene, as the kinksters say, you know? And the scene just got more and more intense and we're sweating up a storm and I'm sounding like King Kong and she's egging me on and I went into that realm where you just feel out of control and happy to be there. And pound, 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 pound. And finally, the explosion. And it was finished and she's hovering over me and she's looking at me in awe she just said holy fuck dude you're intense that was something else and i said yeah that's exactly what that was and jefferson overheard this part he quoted it back to me later She said, are are you sure you don't like women? I mean, you've never had any attraction to women. And I said, no. And that was that. I shared my email with strap on Joe before I left camp the next morning, and I got an email from her just before recording this story. She said, holy shit, dude, I thought I recognized you. You're not just any gay guy. (laughs) You're the redhead gay. And I wrote back, yep. Only now, maybe a somewhat more dimensional character. have it folks where else can you hear stories quite like that help keep risk running go to indiegogo.com and see our campaign filled to the gills with wonderful prizes you can't get anywhere else we are changing the prizes week by week so there's new stuff to get all the time the campaign goes right on up to november 16th 2011. You could get sex advice from Margaret Cho. You could get a personalized necklace created by Janine Garofalo. You could be insulted all day long on Twitter by Lisa Lampanelli. You can get cartoons that Tom Lennon, Joe LaTrulio, and Michael Showalter drew on the backs of state scripts while we were at MTV in the 90s. You can get a lock of my hair, You can get a picture of me wearing your shoes tied to my balls as I did on the very first episode of Risk. We're giving away classes and workshops in storytelling. So come be a part of it all. Go to indiegogo.com slash keep dash risk dash running. This is a mashup behind me now by Go Home Productions at gohomeproductions.co.uk. If you live anywhere near Los Angeles, do not miss out on our October 27th Halloween show. We'll be featuring spooky stories by Jason Biggs of the American Pie movies, Campbell Smith from She's a Lady, and quite possibly a surprise guest who very well may have been a member of the state. That's at the Nerd Melt Theater. Nerd Melt. The new theater of our dear friend Chris Hardwick of the Nerdist podcast. Is it over the top for me to remind you about our fundraiser again? Folks, if we sound a little desperate, it's because we're desperate to bring you great risk shows. Indiegogo.com, keep risk running. Folks, today's the day. Take a risk. Here in an hour. I gotta go get my cock. -cock. Meet me back here in an hour. I gotta go get my cock. -cock. Meet me back here in an hour. I gotta go get my cock. -cock. The loudest sound in in the world is a cock ring hitting the floor.